Like at one point I had, I owned no properties, never owned a property in my life. And then I had three units under contract without ever owning anything. And then that's when I was like, well, this is really cool. I got the bug. That's when I realized like I really did like sourcing the deals. I really liked finding them. I really liked negotiating them. Welcome to Take Action Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs that took action and got to the top of their industry. And on this podcast, we share with you exactly how they did it. Today, we have a special guest. We have Christian Samayoa coming from Baltimore. He is a real estate investor. He is a real estate wholesaler, and he has an amazing story to tell. This is actually the second time we're taking this podcast, just to let everybody know. So this is the second part of doing this podcast. Christian Samoyoa is probably tired of us, but how are you doing, Christian Samoyoa? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. Thank you guys so much for having me back on. Yeah, Christian, thank you for being here. Um, I really appreciate, appreciate you. Um, today... I just want you to tell the people who you are and you explain what you do. Yeah. Well, again, thanks again. Yeah. So my name is Christian Samayoa. I am 28 years old. I'm a full-time real estate investor. I, um, my market that I operate out of is Baltimore. So pretty much Baltimore city, Baltimore County and the surrounding counties in Baltimore. Um, I've been doing real estate now for, I believe a little bit over three years. Uh, don't know exactly when I started. I just hit the ground running. <laughs> really? um, so I started off with buying holds. Yeah. Um, you know, I was working at, as an electrician. I worked as an electrician for, for seven years. I still had my licenses and everything, but I was working as an electrician, save up some money, put it down on a property, rinse and repeat, did it like two, three times. And um, after that, found out what wholesaling was, and I just fell in love with it. Started wholesaling on the side while keeping my rentals. And eventually, you know, it caught up to the point where I just quit, you know, I quit my job. It was the, it was the vision the entire time. I, it was, you know, trying to get into wholesaling full time. So what's actually interesting about your story is that a lot of people, when they start real estate investing, they start off wholesaling, but yeah. you actually did the opposite. You started off as a landlord. You started off investing in properties and putting your actual money into properties yeah. before even getting into wholesaling, right? Yeah. The So the the i guess i don't know the ladder that most people or the that they speak of what what um, Moises just mentioned is usually they start off even even rewind it back mm -hmm. as a bird dog wholesaler fix and flip and then buy and hold, and buy and, hold. and yeah. if and and then once you get to buy and hold the the, the ladder after that is multifamily mm -hmm. and or lending mm-hmm so, Absolutely. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I didn't know what wholesale, I didn't know that existed. Okay. Oh, I knew fix and flip existed, but you know, I was already breaking my back, you know, eight, 10 plus hours a day. I didn't want to go home to do that again. Right. So that's why, you know, I was like landlord Hey, this is great. I was actually, I was actually investing in stocks. Okay. And I was getting pretty decent returns, mm -hmm. nothing like astronomical. But when I saw the returns of real estate and how, how they were very predictable compared to stocks, that's when I just fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And okay. then I was like, hey, this is like a formula. Then, this is, then I could just reverse engineer. Now I can just go back, buy X amount of houses to cover my, 
my income and I could just quit. I was like, this is amazing. So that's when I got really into it. And I got into wholesaling so I could start cherry picking my deals so I could buy them for myself. Okay. That was the whole purpose so, of so, it. So what is wholesaling? So in wholesaling, right, you'll hear so many different definitions out there. All in all, it's sourcing a discounted property, okay? Now, what you do with it, that's an exit strategy, mm -hmm. okay? Most commonly is an a, assignment of contract. So, uh, you know, landlord or, or homeowner wants to sell their property, and as an example, 90000 okay? I know that investors buy at 100 so I come in. I can lock this up, lock up the house at 90 and then assign it to the buyers at 100 making a spread of 10,000 for me. Mm. All I'm doing I'm not I'm not flipping a house, I'm not selling a house. I am just flipping a piece of paper. I am I am assigning them the right to purchase the property. Mm. Yeah. So is wholesaling easy? I mean, because it sounds pretty simple. You just flip it a contract. It does sound really simple. No, like, I'll, I'll always say this. It is super simple, but not easy at all. It is not easy at all. No. But no. it's definitely worth it, right? Of course. Of I course. have a big question for yes. you. I mean, I follow you on social media, uh -huh. and um, I see that you do a lot of deals out here in Baltimore. Uh huh. How'd you come across Baltimore out of all markets? Yeah, so I was, I was originally... Uh, well, where I was buying my rentals is a small market, Hagerstown, Maryland, okay? Uh -huh. And it is a very small population. There's a very small population there. There's just not that many houses, okay? And outside of Hagerstown, it's very rural. And I was really having a hard time wholesaling out there. I came to a meetup where there was a lot of investors in the, in the Baltimore area. I met up. I didn't know who he was. Turns out he was like, he's like the, he's like the, the OG goat of Baltimore wholesaling. I spoke to him and he, he was like, yeah, I was talking to him. I was telling him, man, look, I'm cold calling this much. I'm, I'm doing all this marketing and I'm not getting the results that I want. Right. So he then, he analyzed it for me and he was like, you know wh why this is? It's because you're in a rural market. You're in a small market. He's like, okay. you need to come into a, a larger market and then it'll be a lot easier for you. So sure enough, sure enough, I came here. I pulled like two small lists and in that small, small list, boom, came my first deal here, out here. Super easy. I got kind of got lucky. So then after that, I was like, you know what? Rinse and repeat. So I just kept marketing out here and it just had great luck. Wow. Okay, Christian. I, I want to know, who was that goat? I mean, you're talking about yeah. the goat of Baltimore. Yeah. Or is it okay if you mention his name? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. So he actually doesn't even wholesale anymore. He moved He moved on to multifamily. I know he, he operates like self-storage facilities, and but his name is Terry Royce. And he's very, you know, he's a very low-key guy. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely, he's a legend out here. So what, what made you choose real estate? Well... I think it all came back actually, well, well, first of all, I've always had that bug, right? I've always had that bug since I was a kid. I mean, the earliest, earliest business I can remember business, right? was me repairing my friends' toys when I was like a little kid, uh, repairing like action figures. From there, it was like trading Pokemon cards. I was always just doing something, right? Recording videos. In like the third grade, I was already producing like 
really good money for just a third grader. Um, <laughs> and that transferred over onto middle school, onto high school, et cetera, et cetera. But so the, the reason how I found out about actually real estate, I somehow got stuck working a job and, and all of those like entrepreneur just dreams just kind of faded away, faded away. Yeah. I don't know. I got kind of like brainwashed. I don't know what it was, but I'll tell you what. I know exactly how you feel going into a nine to five. I don't maybe you were going into what was it? Construction. So a six to uh, yeah, four a.m. It, it to was work. like, honestly, it, it was like a five to three. Yeah. Yeah. Five to three. And so you're, it yeah. just slowly fades away. And some people just let the dream go. Yeah. And the whole reason for this podcast is for you to get that spark back in your brain and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, let me do this. Let me take action and continue my dream because I mean, nine to fives will take you down, man. Yeah. It was definitely just (laughs) faded away. Right. What sparked it back up? So a helper of mine, he was showing me some of his side hustles Mm -hmm. and he was posting them like on, on Craigslist. Okay. And, And it was like, he was just doing like just random handyman stuff. Let's just, he was doing everything you can think of, like wow. assembling furniture to lands. He was doing just everything. Everything. But like, okay, first of all, that's a horrible business model, right? I'm going to just say that. <laughs> okay. But what sparked my interest was just like, wow, like he's, he's making money outside of work. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, that's planted a seed. But mm-hmm. what really planted the seed was I got hurt. I got hurt. <clears throat> it wasn't the company's fault. It was actually my fault uh, at the construction <laughs> site. <laughs> horse playing i was i was actually wrestling whatever but anyways i got hurt and i i couldn't work for a couple weeks and but luckily luckily the the company i was working with they still they still paid me Mm -hmm. (laughs) they still paid me right um but in my mind i was like wow how how long were you out i was about a month oh wow so but that's when i was like wow like i i need like to invest time and like manual labor to make income. Mm-hmm. I, and then I was looking back at everything I've ever yeah. done. I'm like, I've always done like manual labor stuff. So you traded your time for money. So yeah, and, I always did. Right. Yeah. And then I was just like, man, like I, one day I'm going to be old and what am I going to do? Yep. I can't just right. like still turn wrenches forever. Like mm-hmm. I need to learn something. Right. Right. So that's when stocks came in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Started doing that. It was just kind of like, okay, this is fun. I was making money. I was like, whoa. But it was like a Ty Lopez ad where he was like, he was like, it was like 10 houses. He was like, I get one house. He's like, I get a mortgage. The tenants pay it down. But guess what? I'm going to get another one. Mm-hmm. The tenants pay that one down. I get another one. So like the old school way. Yeah. And I was like, and he was like, now I have 10 houses. He was like, but I get all <laughs> this cash flow from the 10. He was like, I pay down the first fully. Then I got more cash flow. Then I pay off the second. Then I pay off the, well, it was actually on Snapchat, and I was just, like, blown away. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So immediately, I, said, I was like, you know what? I, I started looking into it. Uh, I met a good friend of mine. His name is Christian Humani, and he was like, we went over everything. He's like, yeah, you qualify for this, this, and that. Wow. Next thing I know, it was like, in, like, 30 days, I had three units. Wait, so how would you get your first property? What type of loan did you get? Um, that, was, that was a 20% down um, 20% down loan. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Christian Humani, for those that don't know, he's a really good guy to the Hispanic community. He provides a lot of value for the Hispanic community. He's really out here doing it. <laughs> and, uh, he has his, uh, 
his quote that that says in la cancha yeah and it's i mean it's the dopest thing ever the fact that he's doing it and he really is about it because he helped you out yeah three properties right yeah. what what's it balloon you said you had to put 20 percent down was it a conventional loan or so it was still under it was still under my personal name mm -hmm. it was not under an llc it was a 20 percent down under my name but as an absentee owner yep and it was um i know it was a 30-year loan interest rate was a little bit higher than what they typically were because it was a lower price tag on the property and because they knew that i wasn't occupying the house my second <coughs> loan was an fha and mm. that was on a duplex mm. and that was like 60 days later after the first one gotcha. like at one point i had i owned no properties never owned a property in my life and then i had three units under contract wow like without ever owning anything Yo, that's, and that's uh, dope, you know christian walked me through everything and yeah closed on one and then like i said like 60 days later closed on the duplex the other two units so wow so in like a 90 day span i had three units mm -hmm. and i house hacked the duplex so i mm -hmm. moved in one side tenants lived on the other side <laughs> they paid off the mortgage for me and then that's I had awesome the, and i had the other one cash flowing as well mm -hmm. so and then that's when i was like well this, this is really cool i got the bug that's when I realized, like, I really did like sourcing the deals. I really liked finding them. I really liked negotiating them. And those, like, those few months were pretty hectic because mm. I was over here, you know, dealing with banks and negotiating, finding. Right. And still working, right? And still working, but I loved yeah. it. I loved it, though. That hustle. It brought that hustle it. back into your Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Mind. And so yeah. when everything settled and I owned everything, mm. it was, like, quiet. And I was like, you didn't like that. I missed it. Right. I missed it. And then that's when I really started looking at, like, what I can do. I was like, I really like this, though. Okay. I was like, should I be an agent? What should I do? I, I was so confused. I, I didn't know. And then that's when I just, my idea was like, you know what? I'm going to get into wholesaling. Mm. And I'm going to source these deals, and I'm going to keep them for myself. Mm. I'm going to learn how to find discounted properties. Gotcha. What? Keep them for yourself? The, the really good ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what was your first step to getting that first uh, wholesale deal? Ooh, man, I, I tried like almost every marketing channel. You, I, I feel like I have tried every marketing channel, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so my first contract actually came from Bandit Signs. Mm -hmm. So, okay. so I, if the people, for the ones that don't know, those are those signs that you see on the street that say, we buy houses. Mm -hmm. That's how I got my first ever contract. I was going out on like Friday nights, mm -hmm. super late. Just like stacking them. How many? How many did you have to put out before getting that that first contract? Man, I think it was like I want to say it was probably roughly about like ninety plus somewhere around there. So I wow. definitely know it was above ninety. Wow, that's uh, a lot. And w what areas did you choose and why? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So highly like yeah. areas where there's a lot of traffic, but areas where I know cars are going to stop. There's I. I it's so dumb when I see people post a sign like on a highway. Who's gonna stop? Like, just no. You have to put it like yeah. a, a high traffic area where it's a stop lights or a stop sign. Right. You well, know. So it makes sense. And there's a strategy to it too. You know, if you know there's gonna be a long line of cars, right? You start posting one at the very front, mm. and then every like ten feet, you post another one, another mm. one, another one, another one, another one back, and then most most of those is the same thing on the opposite end too. Boom, boom, mm -hmm. boom. And I would so, love the ones that had a ramp going into the highway. 
because I knew everyone has to go through here to go into the highway, right? Mm, so I would yeah. always do that. And um, my biggest competition was actually other investors because they would take my signs down. Mm. But what I did... <laughs> Sounds like someone we know. <laughs> what I did, though, you can buy these. But at the time, I didn't see them. What I did was I grabbed a PVC pipe, a really uh -huh. long PVC pipe, okay? And then I, I attached it with a stapler. Okay, and then mm. I had one, Whoa. and then I had, yeah. And Creative. Then, and I had, so you put the stapler on top of the pipe. Did you tape it down or? Um, the stapler actually fit snug right into the PVC. Okay. Like a glove, yeah. Like a glove. Did you just like hammer it? Right. What? And then, okay, That's so crazy. so the little strips that you see yeah. that, that, that transfers whenever you have like hardwood floor and carpet, mm -hmm. that would be right there so I can slide the sign. So I can oh. hold it in place. And then, and then I would go super high, and I would slap them on telephone poles and <laughs> take them down. Yo, that's creative. Yeah, so, so yeah. 90 of those, and you got your first deal. Yes, and no wow. one could reach those to take those down because yeah. I would put them so high. Like, who the heck and I'm a short guy. How long, how long did it take you to get that first deal? So, no, but here's the thing. I said my first contract. Oh, yeah, I saw you posted on Instagram. You yeah. posted something about, today you posted something about, yeah. you know, getting a bunch of contracts uh -huh. and then all of them failing when you first start, started. So Yeah, so I, I want to say maybe it was like maybe two or three that failed when I first started. Two or three? You yeah. locked them up too high or what yes, happened? Yes, yes. So in, in, in the first one in Hagerstown, I locked it up too high. Okay. And she actually even backed out too. Oh, wow. She was like, she ended up actually just backing out of it. Yeah. Whatever. And then um, the, the other ones came from when I switched over to this market. Mm -hmm. Okay. For the first time ever, people were just like, they were trying to sell me the houses. Like, I'm calling them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, please buy it. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what? <clears throat> I didn't know. Okay. I'm like, I used to live like an hour away from here. And I'm like, why are these people like, and, and then I'm just like, uh, you know, how much would you take for it? And they would say some like ridiculously low number, like 10,000 or like 1,000. Mm -hmm. One time I put a property under for 1,000 bucks like literally put under contract for a thousand bucks <laughs> I, and then i like assigned it for a higher price i'm like whoa, whoa. <laughs> it turns out that oh, man this is about to hurt me <laughs> oh. turns out that person owed uh over twenty thousand dollars in oh, in like back taxes and, and what was, was the property's arv the arv was around like wow maybe like 50. And it's so funny because that same property another investor in, in my building actually put it under contract earlier this year and i was like dude I, I, this is what's gonna happen that's not gonna close watch this is gonna happen i went through that house so oh, it's still it's still that person's still trying to get rid of it but so sad. they owe way too much on the taxes that it's not even worth it like it's not even yeah. worth paying that and fixing it you re you'd be like totally upside down so it's still it's still here but not selling yeah man so how much money did you invest initially before getting that first deal? I will say that actually closed. Definitely a few thousand because I even got a coach. Mm. So I got a coach even before I hit my first deal. Mm. So I got a coach and to be honest with you, like I would do it all over again. Like, was it worth it? Yes. For me, yes. Okay. Yeah, I probably would have quit. <laughs> and honestly, because because like knowing that I have invested that amount. Right. Did not let me quit. I was like, "There's no way. There's no way. I'm not. I'm not gonna quit this." 
because you already invest in money. Exactly. Into. It's like somebody that goes to college and it's like, oh man, I'm almost, I almost got my associates. Let me just keep going. Yeah. Because you already invested all that time, effort, and money. Softwares, the skip tracing, the hours on the dial. So you dug yourself deep in a hole already. So it was like no way out. Yeah. No way out. And I knew. I just like, I just, I can't be a quitter. So I was like, yeah. no. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so when you um got that first deal, what was your 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 next move? What did you? What was your plan afterwards? So after I got the first one, I was just like, I'm sorry. Know, how long did it take too? So how long did it take, and what did you do after that? All right. So honestly, I never recorded these dates. I wish I did. Oh. <laughs> okay, like yeah. I really did. Okay, so what I do remember, what I do remember is I I bought a website around like October. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I put I, I was doing those bandit signs just sporadically, nothing really consistent. I didn't know if this was really real yet, you know. And then okay, I got a property under contract like in the springtime. It failed, and then I was like, oh wow. But then my coach really push pushes cold calling a lot, so I started cold calling. And in two weeks of me cold calling, I got a contract. Mm. Two weeks. Yeah, and I got because a, of your coach. Yes, it so, was his script, his list, uh, everything. And I was like, okay. Invest in yourself, guys. I mean, absolutely, yeah. Right there. So, yeah. Prime example. Yeah. So then after that, it, it is a deal. It is a deal. Technically, it is a deal. But it didn't okay. feel like one because I actually didn't end up wholesaling it. It ended up becoming a, um, a realtor's um, listing. Okay. And, you know, I was able to get a marketing fee from that. Okay. What? Um, give us an example. What? How much is a marketing fee? So I will say um, this, this varies by state by state. Some okay. states don't even allow it. Okay. So I don't want to drop any names or percentages I, or anything. I've, really. I've, you know, okay. Yeah. Because I've never really dealt with a, a realtor and a listing, you yeah. know, that I brought to the table. Yeah. It's always interested me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I just never done it. So that's why I ask. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was like the first one. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it, it took a couple months after I shifted into, because mm -hmm. I, I kept calling. I was like, man, I'm not getting any traction. So I shifted over to here. And then that's when I got my, my next one. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like two months after that one, I grabbed another one. Mm -hmm. And then about like a month after that one, I grabbed another one. So things just kind of started compounding. Yeah. So, so are you still doing bandit signs? No. No, I'm not. No, not What's at the all. reason? Not at all. I just don't want to be outside no. late at night putting those up. Because in order not to get fined from the city, <laughs> the best way to do them is put them up when they're not working. When are they not working? After Friday. Okay? So Friday nights, I'd put them up. Sunday evenings, I'd take them down. Because mm -hmm. I did get a call. So it's too much labor work, basically. Yeah, and I did get a call. Like, they, they pretty much like a warning. Like, next few, you're going to get fined X amount mm. each sign. Were you using your personal cell phone? No, of course not. How, how much can you get fined for that? It varies by city. You know, I, I really can't tell. I couldn't tell you. How are they going to find you? Well, the number. Um, I know some people were there. This mm. is how they called me. Yeah. They're like, they're like hello? I was like, hello? Like, mm. do you buy houses? I was like, yes, I do. Great. Oh, man. Great. Great. He's like, well, this is the Hagerstown City Department code violations. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So they can they trick you. you, bro. They, can, they yeah. can trick you to go on an appointment. We got them. 
Gotcha. And then next thing you know, there's the FBI waiting for you. Bring, bring them in, guys. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. So what are you doing now to, to as marketing? Yeah, so it's 100% at this moment, 100% cold calling. Okay. okay. So, and how I pull those lists, a lot of it is driving for dollars. A lot of it is through prop stream. Mm. What, what is driving for dollars? So driving for dollars is honestly like whenever someone's new, I always recommend it. One, okay. it's very affordable. Two, it saves you a lot of time when you're talking to, to homeowners. Mm -hmm. So pretty much you get in your car, okay? okay? Or you can pay someone to get in their car, or you can even do it virtually through Google Maps. Oh, wow. Go through the streets, okay? First, analyze a neighborhood. Look at, look at all the pretty houses, the newly remodeled houses, and identify which ones are the outdated ones. Mm. The really outdated ones or just the super ugly ones, like, whoa, that one's vacant. Who knows what's going inside of there? I add those properties. So once I get a list roughly around like a thousand houses, mm -hmm. I, I can typically expect one to two contracts from that. And mm. it honestly does not take a long time to get those contracts because in one session of me driving like for three hours or having someone drive for three hours, I can get like 150 houses. Mm. So, so are you writing these down all, all, all down or how you? When I first started, yes. When okay. I first started, yes, it was, a, it was on a notebook and it was on pen. And then I would go home and then I would like go through county records and find the person's name and everything. But now, thankfully, I use, a, I use an app called Deal Machine. Deal Machine. Okay, so, so with Deal Machine, all I do, it uses active GPS while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. And I just like pin the houses. I just wow. pin the houses that I want and it automatically saves them. I don't have to write anything. So I'm just mm. pinning them. I'm pinning them. When I get back home, I can pull that entire list of all those houses and just mm. export them to get them skip traced. So with skip tracing, I use batchleads.io. Mm -hmm. So with that, I get back the phone numbers. Mm -hmm. Once I have the phone numbers, I send it to my dialer, which is, which is a batch dialer. And that's when I cold call those leads and mm -hmm. I get in communication with them. Free game, guys. Free game. Pay attention. So, so you use, can you say that one more time what you use? You said you use, uh, you, what did you use to, to drive for dollars? Yeah, so, so the app that I use for driving for dollars is called Deal Machine. So Deal Machine. Yes. Okay, so I'll have that on the, the link in, in below if anybody wants to check that out or use that. Um, then you said you skip trace the list with. Yeah, so then once I get that list, right, what am I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. How am I going to talk to them? I need their phone numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So, 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 Deal Machine doesn't give you the phone numbers. It does, honestly, it does. But I, you can go ahead and use it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that their their phone numbers are the best. They have the mm -hmm. best driving for dollars app, but their phone numbers, I wouldn't say that it is the best. So, mm -hmm. what I do is then I transfer that list over to BatchLeads.io, and mm -hmm. BatchLeads.io they send me phone numbers anywhere from like one to ten possible phone numbers. For oh, each okay. record, once I have that data, it's as easy as a click of, on a button. Mm -hmm. Send it over to Batch Dialer. Mm -hmm. And at Batch Dialer, that's when um, my agents give them a ring. Gotcha. So, so you put it into Batch Dialer, and then that automatically calls all these leads by itself. Correct, correct. Yep, so, so we put the list in. My agents are there already. Uh -huh. We go through the script. Call everyone up, see who's interested in selling. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And how are you running your comparables and numbers of, of the properties? Yeah, so if someone raises their hand and is like, you know what, yeah, I'm interested in selling. So the next step is 
you know, figuring out different information, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, seeing if they have an asking price. If they don't have an asking price, I obviously need to know what number it needs to be at to be a deal. So what I use is I use a software called PropStream. Okay. So with PropStream, I get to see like MLS data to see what all of the recently sold properties in that area, mm -hmm. even the actively listed properties. Oh, wow. So then I can go ahead and analyze if this is a good deal or not. Mm, okay so you said prop stream yeah prop stream. so so for the people watching i'll go ahead and have all that information all all the systems that he uses for his real estate company at the moment i'll go ahead and have all that below so for anybody who wants to check it out you know everybody gets a seven day free trial for all those systems if you go click our affiliate link below hey so i know you're enjoying this amazing podcast but before we continue i just want to give a huge shout out to PropStream. if you are an agent investor and or wholesaler you need to check out PropStream. for only 97 dollars a month PropStream allows you to run comps anywhere in the united states and you can pull over 10,000 leads every single month. And not only that, but you can go ahead and look at the property history of any property. So with that being said, click my affiliate link below for a seven day free trial today. And don't forget, take action. So yeah, man, so right now, what's your operations looking like? Yeah, so at the moment, at, at this very moment, I have three agents calling. So two of them in the Philippines, one of them, one of them is in Nicaragua. Okay, all three of them are calling um, prospects five days a week, uh, anywhere from four to five hours a day each person. And I have, I have my cousin also pulling data on the side. He, he, he does it on the side because he's a student, but um, I was doing all of that, like admin type of data work, you know, keeping him busy, but also showing him the business. Um, my, my brother as well, he, um, he, he also does calls. calls and he does acquisition calls, which mm -hmm. is the next step after the initial prospecting call to then filter them even more and potentially get an appointment. Mm -hmm. So it's a total of how many people? Right so, now? yeah, so it's like three, five people as five of right people. now, not counting myself. Yeah. Okay. And I know some people are starting this journey on their own. Mm -hmm. um, any recommendations on those people that are doing it on their own? Yeah. Uh, okay. Definitely. If you're doing it on your own, the best thing you can do is have the right softwares in the beginning. Mm. You can get you can get away with a lot in the beginning. Software honestly. and a coach. Yeah, and definitely, definitely. I mean, it's up to you. You know, some people. I, I believe like Moises is is an example. I mean, he he's never had a coach, right? Yeah, never had. A never, coach. never had a not, coach. Not in the beginning, at least. Well, I mean, I took a couple courses, not free, but I paid for like some yeah. cheap. Everyone two hundred dollar courses and stuff. So did I. I bought yeah. so many courses. I have so many courses, honestly. Yeah. And I, I'm never gonna stop investing on myself either. Right. But what I was gonna say is that like, this is an example. It just saves you so much time. Back before Deal Machine, I had a pen and paper, and I would drive out there. I'd get like seventy addresses, and then I'd had to read and type one out of one at a time in like county records. Right. Mm -hmm. I could I could have paid someone to do that. At one point, I thought about that. I'm like, I could pay someone. But then the app itself is so cheap. It's like way cheaper than, than you know, paying someone. Mm -hmm. So like having the right apps, softwares, definitely frees up a lot of your time. Because mm -hmm. you really need to focus on like what your income producing activities are. Mm -hmm. Me typing in one address at a time to find them on county records was not making me any income. Me talking to sellers and me going to appointments, 
that was an income producing activity. Mm -hmm. So having the right systems and tools in place before you start hiring people, mm. okay? Because That's when, some you, nuggets right there. when you start hiring people, okay, what are they gonna do? Right. Exactly, you need to have your processes. Little by little, you start, you start taking your, yourself out, mm. okay? And yeah. hiring someone in because you start focusing more and more on that income producing activity. Mm. Yeah, so we're talking about time and um, everybody wants to know, I mean, compared to a nine to five, you already know you come in, clock in, clock out. But as an entrepreneur, you don't have a clock in and clock out. So what is your schedule as an entrepreneur? Man, it is, it is, <laughs> it's, it's a wild ride and it's fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Honestly, it's, it's not for everyone, okay? If it's not fun, then it's probably not for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it can be very sporadic. You know, you're, yes, you, can, you, set, your own, you set your own framework, mm -hmm. right? You set your own framework. But sometimes you'll have appointments that are in awkward times of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's always something that pops up, some sort of fire that comes in. But definitely, I mean, if you can get started early in the day, that's the best thing. Um, you know, try to set limits for yourself, for sure. Try to uh, time block, time block as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So tell everybody right here on camera, what is a habit that changed your life? Definitely. And this is, this is so weird. I never thought I would say this, right? But it's definitely like journaling. Okay. Mm. Journaling was just a big, big thing. Like earlier this year, I hired a performance coach, uh, Tanya Oliver. Uh, mm. It was amazing, and she actually helped me out a lot with what you just mentioned, as far as like the productivity. Like, yeah, productivity and setting up like uh, you know schedules and everything. That was so key for me. Uh huh. Um, yeah, so 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 key. Yeah, I'm sorry, and I kind of got on a tangent thinking about it. What was your question? <laughs> What's a habit that changed your life? Yeah, so she taught me so many things as for, for personal performance, things that I had no idea influenced, you know, you know what I mean, like day to day. Mm. But there's too many. You know, like time blocking was one of them. Mm -hmm. Exercising was another one. And journaling was a third. Mm. So I can't narrow it down to just one. Yeah. As an entrepreneur... What are three things that you cannot live without? Oh, man. Wi-Fi, computer, and cell phone. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Because yeah. with all those three, I mean, you can make money literally anywhere in the world. Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. So, Christian, tell us, what is the craziest story wholesaling here in the Baltimore market? Listen, I've had... I feel like every day there's a crazy story, honestly. Every day. <laughs> every day. Literally every day. Every day. but Every second. Yo. Oh, man. And it's so funny because, I, I don't know, the first example that came up to mind, I know there's some funnier or, or just, you some know, crazy. crazier examples, but the first one that came to mind, I had, I had a lady call me, and she had a, this was like in March, mm -hmm. so like the COVID shutdown just started, right? Mm -hmm. She was like, Hey, I have a guy who hasn't paid rent in like a year and a half. Okay. And now that this whole like shutdown thing started, <laughs> they were already not paying rent. Yeah, they were already but now they're already not paying oh, rent. My goodness. And he's like, "Now I can't even kick him out now, right?" Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, you can't." Like wow. she's like, "Courts are shut down, this and that." I mean, if you remember like March, March was March was crazy, yeah. right? 2020, March 2020 right. was crazy. Yeah. 
So I'm like, wow, okay. But she really wanted to sell this house. So my partners, they didn't want to buy it with him in it, in there. Okay. So I asked her for his phone number. She gave me the phone number. I contacted him. Thankfully, he, you know, he was responding and we were being able to communicate. I was able to go to the house. So he was a nice tenant, but he's not a pain tenant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I go to the house and it is just a wreck. I'm like, how can someone live here? Oh, okay, man. it was just horrible. And what it smell like? <laughs> um, that smell is still stuck in my nose, you know? Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> but so, man, that was crazy. So, to my surprise though, he wasn't there alone. Okay. He was not there alone. He had over like 15 people in the house. 15 people. And check this out. He hadn't paid rent in like a year and a half, right? It was so hard to get a hold of him because he was always working overtime. <laughs> he was always working. And not just that. He was always working overtime and doing some sort of side hustle too. He was mm. always like fixing some sort of car or something like that. So it was like super hard to even like get Because up. he's a hard work. <laughs> because he's working all the time. Oh but yet he goodness. hadn't paid rent in like a year and a half to this poor lady. This poor... This poor lady. Taking advantage. This bro. poor lady did her church a favor. How how old her, was she? Um, she was in uh, late late fifties, early sixties, I believe. Early sixties, and she had given up her, her property. Her church. Look, her church was like. Okay. Hey, I know you just inherited this house. We have this family. Can they stay there? She was like, sure. You know, they have to pay me X amount per month. Okay, no problem. He goes in there, pays one month's rent, and then never pays ever again. Wow. So anyway, the, the, but the crazy part about that story. You're was trying like to I, do someone a favor. Like I mentioned, he had, like I said, 15 people, right? Mm -hmm. 10 of those were his children living in there. Wow. The, other, the other four were his grandchildren. So his children were old enough to work. They all had jobs. So there was 10 people in there, at least 15. five of them working. Fifteen. There was fifteen. At least seven of them working. At least seven of them were working, correct. And nobody paid rent. No one was paying rent. Poor lady. Yeah, exactly. But you, you helped her out. Exactly. Yes, I did. So there we go. Perfect example of why wholesalers are a solution. A solution. Exactly. This this lady has not been able to sell her house because the person would not leave. Mm -hmm. Did I force him out? No. I talked to him. So what did you do to get them out? I, you know, just talking around. Yeah. I was able to find certain programs where he could move in with his family, okay? Uh. So I, I worked with certain people who, who worked out, found some sort of, like, government, you know, programs that could... How, how did you do that? So, Like, what, what type... Okay, connections. connections. Okay, connections. But connections anyone can have. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's always... In, in, in most markets, there's investor groups, okay? Mm -hmm. So in those, I reached out. I reached out. I asked questions to people. And I was able to find someone that could help that family find a place to live. Not just because so I, I, was, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. And not just because, yeah. and listen, not just because that poor lady wasn't getting paid, but because of the, the condition of that house, it was just horrible. There was little babies in there. Okay. Oh. Like that, it was not, that was not a house. Like people could uh -huh. get sick in there. It was mold oh everywhere. God. Okay. So I, I felt good, not just because, you know, the lady was able to finally sell her home, but because 
I was able to find a safe, clean place for that family to move to. Wow. Uh, okay, so, yeah, it's all about finding solutions. Definitely. I'm, wow. I'm yeah. glad you were a problem solver in that situation because I know me and Moses, we'd have gone crazy trying to figure it out. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of wholesalers out here that, you know, are not good-hearted. <laughs> and kind-hearted, yeah. So, yeah, man, shout-out to you for, for doing the right thing, though. You know, there's still hope for good wholesalers out here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the reason. I mean, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've mm -hmm. heard of some states that are even banning wholesaling. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't keep up to date with those, but, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I, it's more important than ever to just be professional, take this business as a business, treat it as a business, not as a hobby. Mm -hmm. Got to remember, like... A lot of people treat it like a side hustle. That's the problem. Exactly. It's not a hustle. And this side is hustle. this is where it's very delicate, though. Houses, right? We mm -hmm. deal with houses on a daily basis. We mm -hmm. forget that the average person only does two transactions their entire life oh, with real wow. estate. Okay. So for every time they do a transaction, it's something new. They don't do it every day like we do. So we mm -hmm. always have to remember that. Okay. Mm. Right. We always have to be as transparent as possible and remember that. This is most likely their largest investment that they've ever had. No, you're absolutely right. You know, so it's yeah. important to treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people are coming in mm -hmm. and unfortunately giving us a bad name. Uh, and it's only like, you know, one apple that ruins everything. So Right, right, right. right. There's, a, there's a lot more good people there, you know, but people always remember the bad mm -hmm. examples, unfortunately. And, yeah. and we can see proof of that if anybody is, uh, is doing cold call marketing. You call a seller and they're like, ah, oh, I just spoke to another guy and he just made me upset. And or there's people that will get under contract yeah. and not be able to sell it, so they back out. That too. Because they, you know, they, they don't learn the game and they, they get, I mean, I know this happened to a lot of us, yeah. but, you know, a lot of people are doing it. Make sure you do your numbers right before you do someone dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's why it's so important, it. like you said, to, to, you know, get a coach, right? Because it won't happen as much. It still happens sometimes here and there, Yeah. right? But, you know, it, it's always to, you know, be transparent with them, you know? Like we were talking earlier, you were, you were telling us that you're very transparent that, you know. Super, yeah. You know, explain a little bit, how, you know, what, what you tell these sellers to be transparent with them. Yeah, so I'm up front. I'm honest with them. Like right off the bat, I'm like, if this is about getting the most amount possible for this property, I'm mm. not your guy. Mm -hmm. Straight up. I'm not, Straight up. Let them know. Not I'm it. not paying you MLS. I'm price. not it. I'm not it. Wow. But listen, though. Yeah. If you want speed and convenience, okay, if you want to have cash in your pocket in the next 30 days, okay, let's talk. Mm. Okay. But I let them know up front. I'm like, listen, I even, I even go over all their other solutions. I'm like, mm -hmm. listen, if you put 40K into this, you can put it on the market and get X. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can do that. A lot of them are like, I don't feel like it, or I don't have the money to. Right. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it. That's 40k. But if you put in 25, 30, you know, lesser grade materials, you can rent it out. And they're like, I don't want to deal with tenants. I don't even, yeah. I don't even have that. I don't even have the 30, and I don't want to deal with tenants. Right. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. so you don't want to sell it on the market, fix it up. You don't want to rent it out but you don't want the house, so what is there left to do? Mm. Right. And then... They're, right. They're like, well, uh, I just want to sell it as is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So then I you am go, your solution. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. So then, I mean, I'll even go as far as telling them, okay, well, you can sell it as is on the market. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they're like, yeah, but I don't know when I'll you know, get an offer by. Or I'm like, How long it will true. take? 
we don't know. That is true. We but don't you know, know. I will take care but of it. But I am here right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I am yeah. here right now, and I can tell you that we can close on this in 30 days with my partners and I. Mm. Yeah, very well put. Definitely give them options and then, yeah. you know, send them on their merry way. But if you're a <laughs> freaking closer, you'll close them right there on the spot. And listen, though, another <laughs> reason why, I mean, like, we already mentioned it. This is like their biggest investments, mm-hmm. okay, one, and two. It real estate, you know, at least in here, it, the transaction can take anywhere from like two, three, four weeks. In those two, three, four weeks, they could have family members talking to them, right? Or trying to side them this or side them that way. That's why it's important just to get all those things clear right off the bat. They understand. I'm not taking advantage of anyone. You clearly know your options here, okay? And I am a solution to you. You wanted speed and convenience. This is the price I can offer you. So, so question for you, because there's a lot of people that do virtual wholesaling, right? Mm-hmm. And just like Anton Campbell, who we interviewed on the last episode, yeah, um, or the last few episodes, actually, um, he does everything virtually. Are you still going on these appointments? Yeah. So for the most part, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm here locally, but I've done virtual before. Like when I lived in Frederick and I was operating you know, my business here and I was working all day. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to like drive up here, this right. and that, mm-hmm. and then I definitely didn't want to drive all the way up here to get rejected. So I'm like, I didn't even know virtual was a thing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wait, I just kind of pieced it together. I'm like, wait, I remember I used this one app called DocuSign, and then maybe <laughs> I can just talk to them over the phone. How much did you say you wanted? Can you send me pictures? Mm. Blah, blah, blah. And so you like, were having the owners of the yeah. property take Sending the pictures, pictures for you. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. What, what's, the, what's the pros and cons of actually going to appointments? So it is, in my opinion, here in this market. See, some markets, the ARVs are pretty low. So low. The after repair values are pretty low. Mm-hmm. So in order to squeeze the most out of them, it's better just to get like a one-on-one like personal relationship with these sellers. Mm-hmm. And that's it's very key. So... I will say, yes, it's super convenient when you're doing virtually because you're, you're just sitting on your couch or wherever you're at, and you're just spitting out these offers, sending DocuSigns, great. But when you're actually meeting up with them and, you know, they're, they're putting a voice, like face to the voice, they're right. connecting with right. you, you're building better rapport, you actually get to inspect the property better yourself. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right? Yep. You'll notice that... Your spreads can be a little bigger, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll go out, have lunch with buyers too. So the cons are, you can if if you're doing it virtually, you probably end up with smaller amounts of smaller. Spread. You'll you'll also end up with houses where you'll you you'll more have work. more contracts fall through mm-hmm. because you weren't there to verify the condition. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the condition of these houses aren't as good as they tell you. You can take some pictures that make things look better than what they are. Right. You know. So. But but yeah. wouldn't you say that, you know, actually going to appointments, you know, might be taking a lot of your, your, your time? Yes, but this is what I do, mm-hmm. okay? So I actually get almost like a verbal commitment over the phone. Mm. That's so you're not smart. just going on appointments of people who say they want to sell their yeah, property? Yeah, I'm not just going on it like when I first started, yeah. Like they would say yes, and then I'm like, oh, I'll be right there without asking any 30 minutes, you're there already. Right? I want to hear an example of how you get, to, how you get them to verbally commit. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we, we'll go through our script, okay? There, there are four pillars that I want to know. Four okay. pillars that I really want to know. So one of, one of them is obviously the price. Okay. Okay? That's super important, obviously. 
The next one is their timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay, do they have a timeline? Are they in, in any sort of rush? Okay, the next one is the condition. Okay, I mm-hmm. want to know what the condition is. If the condition is bad, I'm able to negotiate it more because obviously it needs work. And the last one is a very important one. And, and that is the actual motivation. Mm. Sometimes they have a problem. Okay. And if you really focus on that problem, like with the example that I had with the older lady, mm-hmm. she just wanted money for her house and that guy out of there. Mm. I solved that problem okay. right, by getting that guy out of there. Right. Right. So having those four things, if I have at least two of them, mm-hmm. it's a contract already. Ooh. Right. So you're pre-qualifying, right you're pre-qualifying these, yeah. these sellers yeah. before you go on appointments. Yeah. So, and then price and motivation, the most important, but timeline is also very important. As okay. Well. Timeline is also right. Cause then, you know, they could have a good price, but they might say, well, I'm not ready to move. Yeah. I'll, I'll, mm. I'm in, I'm in that situation right. right now, actually. Yeah, Okay. exactly. So those are the four. So, so next, okay. Now we're talking numbers now, right? We're negotiating over the phone. Okay. I'm giving them, they either give me a number, mm-hmm. but if they don't, I give them a range. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if they agree to that range. Give me an I, example of that range. So, for example, if, if I know that I need to be anywhere between like, say I need to get the house at 70K. Okay. So I'll say, hey, Mr. Seller, I need to be anywhere between 60 to 90. Mm-hmm. Or actually even less, like 60 to 80 or whatever, right? Right. I'll, I'll give them a range. Okay. Okay. If they agree to that, then I know we can do business. So you say something like, hey, I can probably give you somewhere around 60 to 80. Mm, yeah, but I always lead with value first. Okay. okay. So I always lead with value. Uh, that's that's why, you know, speed and everything is so important because I'll, I'll mention that not only will I, not only will my partners, you know, pay all their closing costs, there's no realtor commissions, it's completely as is, mm-hmm. so they don't have to put another cent into the property. And then that's when I'll mention the range. Mm. So, man, it sounds like your your schedule is pretty busy going on all these appointments. I mean... No, actually, no. Um, my schedule is pretty <laughs> busy calling them oh, okay. to get, get those four pillars. Mm. Actual appointments... I go on to, on to very few because I'm super selective and picky on the ones mm. I actually go out to. Most of them is done by the phone. I'm really just going out to the property just to verify the condition that it's in. Mm. Gotcha. I have a question for you. So how has entrepreneurship impacted your social life? Do you have time to socialize with friends, go out to drink? Um, I mean, chill yeah, with yeah. with. A girlfriend if you have a girlfriend so I mean, in the be- right in the beginning it was tough mm-hmm. right. see in the beginning it's tough because none of your friends are in the business you're in mm-hmm. but the longer you're in that business your friends are, are also entrepreneurs so oh, okay yeah, yeah so eventually no I don't feel like I'm not hanging out or I'm not having fun because the people that I hang out with are typically in the same line of work that I'm in Right, right. Because right. so, when we invited you to a bar just right now, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the same line of work, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, well, sometimes, right. some, like I said, time block, you got to commit, you know? I mean, you have to commit. Mm. I know I have to time block tomorrow morning to go to the gym. If I go out with right. yeah. you guys tonight, I won't wake up on time. Right, right. Yeah. got to loosen up a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, you, you have your whole, you know, schedule every single day, right? Yeah. Um, 
and I know you, before we we got on camera, we talked a little bit about time blocking. How important would you say time blocking is? Oh, it's it's so important because if if not, it's like it's like running around with your head cut off. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're just all over the place. It's really hard to just compound any sort of activity without time blocking because you just be doing like very sporadic one thing here, one thing or another there. But when you really time block and you focus on an activity until it's done or for a designated amount of time until going on to the other one, you know, that's when you really start seeing a lot of progress. Mm, Before wow. that, it's just super sporadic. Mm. So, so Christian, what would you say the difference between being a real estate wholesaler and a real estate agent is? Yeah, so first of all, they both have their own place inside of real estate, okay? Mm -hmm. So an agent represents a seller or a buyer in a mm -hmm. transaction, okay? They represent someone, okay? As, as a wholesaler, what I'm doing is, like I mentioned, I'm dealing with properties that are off market. I'm putting them under contract and I'm assigning them to an end buyer mm. or to, to a house flipper or to a landlord. Okay, so the, that's the main difference between the two. Okay, I'm not representing anyone, okay? I'm in my best interest, okay? I am in it for a profit. That is a, that's the biggest difference. Mm. Okay. What's the difference between being a wholesaler and being a flipper? Big difference, big difference. Because with with a fix and flipper, you know, you're you're hiring people or doing it yourself. You know, you're renovating a property. You're bringing mm -hmm. it. You know, you're bringing the value up of the property. Mm -hmm. um, as far as me, as as a wholesaler, I'm finding an opportunity, putting mm -hmm. that opportunity under contract and assigning that contract to, to a flipper or mm. to a or for a, a buy and hold investor. Mm, okay, interesting, interesting. And so we were speaking about your social life. Um, do you have time to go out on dates, man? What's going on with that? <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I'm i pretty picky, I guess, who I spend my time with, mm. okay? Um, as far as when it comes to dating, I like to just let everyone know up front, like, who I am, like, how I'm, an entrepreneur. I'm busy, you know? I. I really, I don't know. I'm just very picky on who I get to spend my time with. So is it hard for you to date as an entrepreneur? Yes. Yes, it is. But yeah. when you're picking someone out, mm -hmm. what do you look for in that person? Man, a lot of that, I'm actually just still trying to figure it out, to be mm. honest with you. Wow. Like, I'm still figuring it out. Um, definitely just, for me, it's really big if it, if they're understanding. Okay? Mm -hmm. they're, they're understanding. They get it. There's like, there could be long just just long hours of work sometimes okay so mm -hmm. it's definitely very important for them to understand that mm -hmm. you know the for me personally if someone really needs to have a lot of time that it's not gonna work mm -hmm. it's just not gonna work uh, you know and, and things could change i don't know if this is gonna be me like forever <laughs> or if it's me just in this stage that i'm in currently right? I, ask, I ask myself that question every day right so <clears throat> this is not a nine to five it can become a nine to nine the to next 12 day a. <laughs> right right it's, it's like, i mean so, we're recording this at 10 p.m we've been in the office since it was oh, i think nine in the morning something so that's yeah. how that's how it goes but it doesn't feel like work at all like it doesn't no no yeah at all Especially because we bullshit around the office most of the time. 
let's be, let's be honest, man. Hey, <laughs> it, it happens sometimes, guys. But um, at the end of the day, like I think seventy percent is work. The rest is just talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, because if rule. you really, if you no, no, let's be honest, right? That's eighty twenty rule, right? Because There's a look, book about that. Look, is like, that a good thing or a bad thing? It's just the way everything is. But here's the thing, like if you think about it, right? Because when I first started, I was in school, right? And 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 then I had a I had a job at the same time, but I got more done in three hours than I did like in these eight hours in the office. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you actually have things to get done, like, like how do you explain this? Like maybe you can elaborate because I remember last time you were talking to me about this about how, you know. When you actually have a job and you only have five, you know you only have five hours to work. That's what time, you work harder. That's what time blocking is. Yeah. Mm. See, but when you have a job, you have someone enforcing that time block. Mm. Mm. Absolutely okay? right. Okay, you have someone. That's in, a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah, you have someone enforcing that time block. You have someone over your shoulder making sure you clocked in or clocked out. Right. Time. When you go in full time, right on your own. You have to have that discipline to do it mm-hmm. on your own, and it's super challenging. Mm. I feel like it's the same way. I don't know if you went to college, but, you know, you kind of just signed up for your schools, for your classes, but it's your choice if you want to be there or not. Right. Yeah. 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 You yeah. invested your time and money, but now what? Do you really want to go it's, to the class? It's, <laughs> it's all on you. It's really all yeah. on you. Like, and you're a full-time entrepreneur now, right? Full-time. Full-time. Yeah. For over and a year. Yeah. Full-time. Oh, wow. Well, Christian, man, thank you so much for elaborating what wholesaling is, giving people gems, um, stuff that they can take home with them and... and you know, potentially take action with exactly what he just told you. And um, guys, if you have questions and you want to know more, reach out to him. We'll have his Instagram on there. And um, you also have a YouTube channel where you teach a little bit about wholesaling, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he has yeah. a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. So I've been I've been uploading and the goal is to upload one to three videos a week. Right. Mm-hmm. So this week was my first week uploading, mm-hmm. uh, re-uploading because I had uploaded in the past, but Nothing super consistent. Because so. it's so hard. Like, even it us is. starting this podcast, it's so hard to, it like, yeah. run an actual business. And when you actually do a business, it is. and we're not gurus here, <laughs> we're doobers, Yes. right? So when you're actually in the business, working in the business, it's hard to focus on social media, especially because... It really is. Exactly. Yeah, we don't get paid for doing this. Yeah. This is all free. This is all free. Yeah. It's all free to help other exactly. people. Exactly. And that's, that's my goal, too. I want to just put... I'm pretty much just filming myself work and making some educational videos, mm-hmm. putting just... I just believe the information should just be free. Right. 100% free. So I'm just putting everything out there, like everything that I do. I'm, mm-hmm. That's that's my goal, just to put everything out there for free. Before we end this off, right, I want you to give the audience, right, For and I don't, I don't want this just to be about wholesaling, real estate, or whatever, right, because yeah. our podcast is called Take Action Entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just for entrepreneurs in general. Yeah. Our platform is for entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs in every industry, right? So before before we end this off, yeah, give for pe- aspiring entrepreneurs, anybody who's starting, anybody who's an entrepreneur right now, and is you know as an entrepreneur you go ups down, yeah. up and down daily. You yeah. know what I mean. So what would you give like a word of advice, some motivation to end this off? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, just it's all about reverse engineering. Okay, just ask yourself. Ask yourself, like, where exactly do you want to be? What do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And then reverse engineer that entire process to get there. Break it down step by step. Not just yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, to the point where it's daily, right? And the most important part, once you actually reverse engineer everything, is to just take that consistent action to be disciplined to get mm-hmm. there. Thank you, Christian, for those wise words of advice. 
thank you for you know being a guest on our podcast i really do appreciate it man and actually we this is like i said in the beginning this is our second take so i appreciate you being patient with us because we're still starting here before we go don't forget to take action, action.